Hello and welcome to Dungeonomicon. We make Dungeons and Dragons for Dungeons and Dragons. I'm James. I'm Sid. Today we're gonna talk about what we're gonna do next. Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, we got uh, space dungeon ideas. Yeah. 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 Um, looks like they're gonna make some. Uh, it looks like they might be rebooting Spelljammer. Yeah. Or at least doing a soft reboot. Uh, they, some UA stuff has come out and it's very Spelljammery. Yeah. You want to hand that to me so we can look. Unpause. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you can probably hear the um, scenic Venom basement we are recording in gives it a spaceship vibe, extra industrial sounds. Yeah, it's very intentional. Yeah. So yeah, we've got the, the new um, Travelers of the Multiverse, Unearthed Arcana, which is very Spelljammer and very Planescape yeah. as well. Yeah. It strikes me particularly as a little more Spelljammer, mm. but the, one of the things that, and you and I both have uh, been proponents of this, is that D&D um, D's always had a goofy side. Yes. And, or a, and I guess Spelljammer is Spelljammer and Planescape were both um, goofy or very lighthearted in some respects. They could be very dark and broody, but they also always contained things like the GIF, which were stolen by Doctor Who. Fucking stole the GIF. Well, made the Did rhinos you? instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. OC, do not steal. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Who. <laughs> Um, well, it's, you know, D&D steals everything. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get, like, you know, you go to any thread on any forum about, I want to do a sci-fi game, and you get a million replies to say, don't. Don't do it in D&D. Use stars of that number. Use Numenera. Use any other million things. And, I you know, I get the reasoning. I don't like Wizards of the Coast monopolizing everything, sure. Yeah. But at the same time, it is the most popular game, and yeah. it has a long history in if not hard sci-fi, then definitely Star Wars pulp sci-fi. Yeah, and I also think if you want to do... Um, I can't find the name of the module. It, every time I try to look for this damn thing, it takes forever. But towards the end of second edition, there was uh, an adventure where a star, like a starship... You're talking about Barrier Peaks. Barrier Peaks. X. Expedition to Barrier Peaks. I think it's X3 is the module name, okay. if you're looking for it. I'm not sure on that, but you can find it redone for 5e as well, with all oh. new maps and beautiful stats and everything. Okay. All the original art scanned in high resolution and... Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'm severely tempted. And that is, you're going through, like, it's on the DM to describe everything as, as sheets of burnished chrome and describe things like, as the players would see, like, there's yeah. guns that look like handheld compact mirrors and robots that are described like suit of armors with sort of metallic tentacles yeah. coming out of the legs and, and all sorts of strange things it's a whole thing uses a punch card system to get around the dungeon which i like a lot okay. yeah yeah uh, so you've got to find the blue key card to continue and uh, we, yeah yeah no i mean i think that's that, that's and you know you could also you can also entertainingly adapt dungeons and dragons to do something that's more science fantasy um science fantasy is more like Star Wars versus Star Trek. Star I see Wars. that a lot, yeah. And I, I did some, a bit of Googling beforehand to find the sort of, if there were any difference between hard and soft sci-fi, but just to find that it does go back to Jules and Verne as well. Uh, I believe, I think it was Verne who famously critiqued Wells that his spaceships didn't have any um, plausible fuel sources and, and yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter because they go just the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Star Trek tries to explain its tech. Star Wars does not. Yeah. Star Wars also incorporates literal fantasy because the, the Force is just magic. Yeah. Uh, it's magic by a different name. But Star Trek has psionics. Yes. You will, true. But, you know, they try to couch that and they, you know, occasionally will, like, try to explain it. And if you go back to, like, the original series of Star Trek, they, 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 they don't really care. Like, no. 
Well, I, so I rob Star Trek. <laughs> I rob Star Trek all the time for D&D plots because they are like 100%. <laughs> You go to this civilization, there's these two factions, and they're, they're different, because one wears red hats and one wears blue hats or something. And never, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Lettuce, like the Lettuce, the Spear, Last War one, where they, they're the two bichromatic, but one has the black on one side and the uh, white on the other. Can, yeah, and they're, they're mirrored. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm the good one, because my left side is black and <laughs> my right side is white. He is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules, but like, to the same extent you can have hard magic as well like the Dresden Files which oh, yeah. seems to hit that same kind of sci-fi nerve where you have these are the established rules of the system and then you see people like using them later on like yeah. as a big payoff in the in the story like they know exactly how this works and you as the reader can go of course like I should have seen this coming because those were the rules set up at the start yes. I think that's a big thing but like there's a series of sci-fi books uh, called the Quantum Thief Trilogy, which are sort of retellings of the Arsene Lupin stories, except it's in space. And it's so far in the future, there's uh, like nanotech everywhere, clouds of it, you're probably made of it, and for that reason you can command things and build them out of the thin air, which is nanobots, and there's many, many layers of reality. This is all like kind of theoretically plausible, it's couched in the physics as we understand them, but it is so far advanced it is indistinguishable yeah. from magic. Well, yeah. I mean... Go ahead. So we were talking about the Dresden Files and, and hard and soft magic and the idea of technology being identical to magic. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think there's a, a lot to be said with that. I mean, D&D has arguably either a hard or soft system with magic. There are definitive hard rules, but how much the DM and players hold to that, whether you actually, you know, do you have to have, um, how difficult is it to get a black pearl yeah but see i'd go that could just as easily be reinterpreted as soft magic because it has no rules for how magic works in the fiction yes yeah yeah i mean i think that's the difference is the fictional yeah, yeah. I, well i mean it's, i would argue it's up, up to some to some extent the dm mm. or the dm and the players because arcane magic you arcane and divine magic okay what does that mean there's a very vague waffling that arcane magic comes from the internal or comes from the is pulling out the casters in well, from the weave yeah. i thought it was from the weave yeah but i guess casters are in the weave kind yeah. of if they're in the world yeah they're drawing from it directly rather than but yeah um, it has that's just the fiction that's the right. setting it's got no rules as to govern how the weave works how to pull yeah. things from it you can't you know enhance your power in dnd through role play it's yeah. only yeah. yeah but you know i think People say use other systems because they have rules, rules for laser guns. That's not the problem. That's oh no. The like, DMG has has rules for laser guns. It's in the DMG. Yeah, I think people's problem is largely not giving proper creators their due. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this yeah fear of Wizards of the Coast, which is fair. I mean, it is a growing and evolving system, but I'm hesitant to say any rule set is better than any other because at the end of the day, it is just trying to crack that human instinct for collaborative storytelling, and the right. rules are secondary to that. Well, and I also think that this is a problem, and we've talked about this before, people talking about trying to do like murder mysteries in Dungeons & Dragons. I can understand like if that's part of it, an ongoing adventure. Yeah, there is going to be a murder mystery part, or they didn't do something, so now we do the, the murder mystery, figure out who killed Lord Baron, Bond, whatever. Yeah. You okay. can always put in new mechanics, but you can. Depends how easy it's going to be to use a system that's already got those mechanics. Right. And it might be harder because it's the same characters investigating. You might not want to take it out of D and D, so you, people don't have to make another character for their character just yeah. for this like yeah. two two session. You know, but at the same, yeah, mission. people have got the spells and yeah. attacks written on their sheet, and they look around for the murder mystery yeah. options. It's it's not. You know, no, D and D has a very uh, well, not always. Five uh, E has a very primitive 
simplistic skill set that is very um, success fail. Yep. Um, and there's optional rules, as people always point out, for right. degrees of success, but there aren't. You know, Correct. that's not written into it as is. No, 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 no. I mean, like, some of the stuff that drives me crazy with 5D is, you know, the lack of uti- you know, innate utility of the intelligence uh, stat, and specifically, like, knowledge-based skills. So, like, yeah, we have all these knowledge-based skills. We have medicine. Uh, I guess if you have a high end, you can, you, you can, you know, know how to, like, cauterize a wound, you know, how to uh, yeah. close, a, you know, close a wound or cauterize a wound. But it's one um, role as well, right? right? There aren't steps to this, which right. I think you'd like to see in a more well, hard system, perhaps. And a lot of things like, you know, oh, you can you can uh, potentially administer an antitoxin, but you have to have the antitoxin. <laughs> it's just like successful administration is a medicine check. Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, you know, and it really, medicine loses its utility or its utility diminishes very quickly at higher levels. By the time you hit fifth, it's minimally... Unless you're looking at like a, a campaign with all different medicines or something, then potentially. But even then, you wouldn't use the skill, you'd use your inventory. Yeah. You'd yeah. know what was what. Yeah. So we've got in this uh, new UA, the six new races, Astro Elf, Autonome, Gif, Hadozi, I'm not sure I'm saying that right, Plasmoid and Thrykeen. Yeah, uh, anyone who knows D&D will probably know most of them. Yeah. Uh, Hadozi uh, says a highly adaptive simian being who uses wing-like membranes to glide. Yes. I like that. I'm going to have one, and I'm going to call it Dr. Zaius, <laughs> and he's going to be an artificer. <laughs> a gif, uh, big hippo men with guns, I always like them. I think yeah. I'll have one of them as like a uh, a ranger, I think, a space ranger. Mm, mm. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be militaristic, typically, the, the general one. I think they really... I was thinking Paladin, if you had, like, a military oath, that could be quite mm. good. Yeah. Oh, that could be fun. That's some good flavor. That could be fun. Like, Oath of Conquest or Oath of Order. I think there's an Oath of Order mm. in Ravnica. Like, that could conceivably be yeah. militaristic. And yeah. I'm picturing, like, um, Starship Troopers sort of adherence to the... To the cause. To the cause, yeah. Yeah, well, they're, they're always true. You know, they, as I said, uh, Doctor Who stole them for the Jadoon, uh, which... Mo, ro, jo, ro, ro, yeah. go, they say. <laughs> I, I don't know why, it just... Uh, you know, it, it was so blatant, and they're like... You could kind of see that the the writers thought that they were very clever. It's like, no, I see what you did. <laughs> well, the, the GIF, I think, have a more um, jubilant personality, generally, because they they're are, British. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I also think it was... Uh, what if the GIF were Americans? American. Yeah, no, they were more mil- American, weren't they? The Jadoon, yeah. Which may be another reason I, I found it very annoying because it's like you stole it and then you're, you're placing my culture over it yeah. and in a very, very mean-spirited way. I feel like the GIF Oh, yeah, no, they, always... they, they had it out for America in those series. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. It's no wonder uh, it didn't have a big well, American following at that point. Well, I mean, um, the, that was the... It was with Martha Smith uh, and... They were positing um, the master as Donald Trump. Really? Oh, I, I, uh, well, that's there. If you go John, back, John to, Sims' master. I thought he was supposed to be David Cameron. <clears throat> no, when when um, well, I think there's a little bit of that. They're also putting some Trumpism on, on him. There's some very Trump-esque Fair enough. Com- yeah. components to the master in that one. Uh, which is funny. Sorry, it's, it's fun to talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> if we're doing space, I, yeah, there's going to be, yeah. I think, space. We have to like hit the tropes. Like yeah, fair enough. 
I enjoyed I, I watched it so that I could talk about it. <laughs> I didn't like it. That's a big commitment to something that you didn't enjoy. Uh, well, I found it really interesting to think about. This isn't a Doctor Who podcast. Yeah. I found it really Astral Elf is the next one, yes. which don't sound in any way interesting. Yeah. They live a long time. Auto gnomes, robot gnomes. I don't know why you couldn't have a you could have a warforged and make it small. Yeah, but yeah, these I have mean, these have cool different things like they they can't be healed except they can, and plasmoid an amoeba like being, which I think would be fun as well. I haven't seen those in a couple of generations. They, that is an old an old D and D monster from uh, Spelljammer, uh, and Thyrakine have been part of uh, Spelljammer uh, for as long as the Neogi, the Mind Flayer, the Boulders. See, I thought they originated from Dark Sun. Uh, I believe so, but they got for whatever reason they decided to. Um, Take them everywhere mm -hmm. and spell jammer they fit in particularly well yeah which is unsurprising like yeah there's some bs here about them not being able to use two-handed weapons even though all their art depicts them <laughs> using two-handed weapons i'm but, not sure in the picture it's always holding a lance with two of its hands and it's got a glaive yeah. or a shuriken in the other one which i am sorry that's the fantasy that's what you want to do if you're going to play if you're going to play a mantis man if you don't have like if you're going to play a mantis man and you don't have like built-in scythe arms then yeah you know you need all six arms <laughs> yeah 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 i don't i don't know what how they play test balance at wizard of the coast so i'm, I'm don't i'm not going to speculate on why yeah. why they choose some things over others like why you can't have big centaurs or stuff like that <laughs> okay centaurs have to ride horses to use a yeah lens. yeah <laughs> and they can climb a ladder <laughs> So I'd probably make a couple. I think the most interesting ones to me are the GIF, the Hadozi, and the Plasmoid. What about you? I haven't had a chance to really look at them, um, but the Hadozi are always fun. Um, the GIF are always fun. The Plasmoid, just because it's such an odd concept, mm. is very interesting. Like I would want to look at. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to really look at the actual stats, other than looking at the names. There was a show on Australian and Canadian TV, I think, called Plasmo, and he was a Plasmoid looking for a home in space. I'd probably <laughs> steal some of that. <laughs> oh, they used to be evil as hell. <laughs> they were just hyper consumers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes and sense. Essentially, it was like. I mean, there's no reason this creature would work with people. I yeah. can see. It doesn't seem to have any sort of, you know, intelligence. If it can squeeze its whole body through one inch, it doesn't have any organs, presumably. Yeah. I mean, octopi can do that as well, so maybe it can. Maybe that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't. Well, I guess that, that's a different campaign. The the, ta the Tico, um, the D&D. Uh, amphibious uh, octopoid race. Okay, I'm, I'm sure we'll see them any day now. Yeah, well, that would be uh, that would be a good one to to kind of see. Hmm. I mean, there will have to be a balance because if you have a, a fighter that has you know, six arms and can wield all six weapons, you'd have to do something to balance that. Like, well, I uh, I got two attacks and I've got six arms, so uh, I'm using the two weapon feat, which is a six weapon feat for me because six <laughs> arms. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's odd fit, isn't it? Yeah. Either everything changes or nothing does, and yeah. either are strange and wrong. I get yeah. why they're trying to update it. Yeah, I mean, to I, a five point five or whatever. Yeah, I can understand not wanting to have, um, you know, be you know, not be able to have a Tyrakeen necessarily wield two great swords, dual wield great swords. Well, they're smaller I, and spindly. That's fine. Yeah. You can see that. But at the same time, people are going to try and abuse it. So, yeah. yeah, like Loxodon have a prehensile trunk, which is put out in their stat block, and it says specifically, like, you can't hold things. You can hold little things with it. You can breathe underwater with it. It's got a very long paragraph of all the things you can and can't do with your trunk. <laughs> which is a bit unrealistic, but I, I don't know. It's fine. I don't care. 
at the end of the day, you'd make your rules around whatever. Yeah, you take them as suggestions, and you're like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think both you and I uh, walk the line between uh, rules as intended and rule of cool. Well, in Wizards of the Coast, I've noticed bringing rules from other game systems as well, like to cover gaps. Uh, I even noticed recently their um, mutations table from Descent into Avernus, where you get different demonicker on you and you grow mm. limbs out of the wounds, okay. is, is taken almost copy-paste from uh, Series Good Dungeon Cruel Classics, which is an OSR um, clone, retro clone, uh, when wizard spells bounce off each other and bounce back onto your skin. It's got that same table of misfires, like almost in the same order. So they're not above just stealing whatever to patch the gaps. No, and you, you know, people get told off online for using things from other systems, but oh, Wizards is doing the same. Well, I mean, I would also argue that this is one of the one of the things when you're adapting stuff. It's a, it's about adapting something. Um, it's not stealing. It's adapting. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, an adaptation of a film will always be different from the book because it's yeah. changed to a different medium. Yeah. Deliberately. Well, I mean, and you. I think there are some people who try to take things way too freaking seriously. I kind of hate the I kind of hate the raw mindset. Yeah, this is another discussion. I think I, I don't want this to be read at the podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> true. true, true. So so uh, yeah, we have to if we're building a dungeon and some monsters for this. Yeah, I think I thought immediately of a space derelict. Uh, okay. I think space has a certain amount of horror in it. Okay. So I thought things infesting. Yeah, possibly you know mind flayer tadpoles already do that. I don't think there's a sap block for them yet. I'd use spawn of kios or the rot grubs as a trap, something like that that crawls yeah. in you and bites you and gets into your heart if you're not careful. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely think that uh, for um, the Ithalid tadpoles, I would definitely go with a rot grub rather than a remake it. It's just going for your brain rather than your heart. Yeah, exactly. It's the same effect of dead, except for then you go, oh, once a person's dead, they start the process of uh, seromorphia. They become controlled by the Ithalid hive yeah. mind. Yeah, you're right, seromorphosis. If you can't, if you can't, essentially get them cured with a like cure disease spell or effect. Yeah. Within twenty four hours, they become a mind flayer. That would be the one thing I would do. Yeah. To make it thematic. But yeah, yeah. I think Spawn of Chaos does the same. They rise. I think they rise immediately from yeah. the dead, though. They do. Yeah. Yeah. But the 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 it's the same. the same. Yeah. Um, what else? I think water combat uh, mm. everywhere. Except you don't have to breathe. Well, maybe you do if there's a vacuum, but that would be anti-gravity combat. Rather than doing reverse gravity every couple feet, you just have underwater combat, and that would take care of everything. I think. Yeah, Except maybe um, some sort of knockback effect from using weapons that are too, um, you know, wide or heavy. Mm. But I, I think I just keep it as written, just straight water combat. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That I think that's a good way to just make it. Spacey. Yeah, spacey and without having to redo everything. Yep. Uh, there's no sense in reinventing the wheel. So you I, could also potentially use the rules for levitation, where you have to push yourself off things to move, but that could get annoying yeah. real quick as well. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I think the idea. You you can watch astronauts swim in space. Yeah, it's not exact. It's yeah. a, in fact entirely different because yeah. it's a lack of thing rather than too much density. It's yeah, yeah entirely the reverse, but. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, you can kind of see them, you know, swim around, and they can control, and they can move off the air like yeah. you would water. Yeah, it works well enough. Now, yeah. in sci-fi, I think we have to have questions about how the technology available changes the ethics or society or psychology of the things. I think that's what makes something sci-fi instead of fantasy is the implications of the technology. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Star Wars does that. Like, the implication of fast, easy space travel is that the galaxy has to be ruled in a sort of feudal system because there's no way of governing that mess. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, but, okay, so a derelict space... Uh, I've been thinking about doing kind of uh, a classic grey. And I'm thinking about going... Um, I want to do a couple of different things. Um, Could be related to Ponzi Hotep. I was thinking we could have done something like that, and I kind of wanted to do something a little different. So I actually am making this an apparent fae. Okay. Um, so maybe a star elf if we're using the UA. No. No. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about uh, taking aspects and um, because fae and aliens are of course the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. I think we've discussed earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the fairies became uh, had to be updated for the modern era, and they became aliens. Yeah. It's, they're the same thing. Um, so I've been thinking about doing that, and uh, what I figured was I actually might pull off uh, the Hopkins, uh, Hopkinsville uh, goblins. Are you familiar? No. Okay. So it's a famous uh, alien encounter that is Buck Wild, and it's uh, it's the reason that Sableye, the Pokemon, looks oh, the way it Okay. Does. Yeah. That, yeah. I've heard yeah. that that's connected to some kind of American yeah. cryptid. Yeah. Yeah. So. There is this family... Speaking of, our, our Pokemon RPG, one-page RPG, has surpassed over 100 downloads on itch.io, so get that. <laughs> I'm going to plug that here, and now I'm surprised Fair about that. That's great numbers. Yeah. Just, I, I just did a little minor update today as well where I reorganized the format. Okay. I put how to play first and foremost because I always hate when RPGs don't do that, when I have to go through 20 pages of character creation to see, uh -huh. oh, it's a D20 system. Okay, thank you. Just tell me that first page, you know, or it's 2d6, or it's a d100 percentile, and you, you subtract, and you like Call of Cthulhu or whatever. Okay. Oh, we don't Oh, well, you should. It's very good. Everything is out of 100. All your stats are out of 100, and you roll d100, and it's often you have to get sort of lower okay. or above, depending on... Oh, okay. Depending on it. Okay. It means you have so many skills and stats, you feel great until you step foot literally anywhere and begin <laughs> fucking up. I think the first adventure is like, uh, you, you dump stat, it's going to be height because that's a stat. And I thought, why would I ever need that? The very first prompt in the starting adventure is you have to load your luggage on top of a cart. And if your height is too low, you stumble backwards and take a permanent negative to, like, you injure your knee or something. And it haunts you the rest of the adventure. Oh, that's hysterical. That's hysterical. I've heard it's really, really, really good, and I've heard it's also really, really soul-crushing. Yeah, I think we should explore some bits from other systems as we go on in this podcast. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, that would be good. Absolutely. Other things I thought that I would like to add, sorry to cut you off your yeah. Sableye talk, Gremlins. Yeah, and Gremlins. Gremlins yeah. are the same thing. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think in pulling the, the monster, um, Hopsonville uh, Goblins, is that there was... Um, the Hopsonville Goblins, they were really weird. It was a really weird alien encounter. It's really interesting. I highly recommend anybody read about it. But for the love of God, leave the family alone. They've been pestered for this oh, no. for about 20, 30 years. Uh, longer than that. This is like the 60s or something. Like all the alien sightings families. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. For the love of God, leave those poor people alone. But do read about it. It's an interesting story. Um, but they kind of could float and kind of teleport. Yep. So I've been thinking about you know using like doing it psionic powers. Uh, also, going in with the idea of D&D's wild space, a lot of that stuff, the Neogi, the Ithilid, yes. uh, all of them are psionics. Yep, yep. I mean, once you get space, obviously, the radiation makes you psychic. Everyone yes. knows this about space. That is a scientific fact. 
Neil Armstrong it has really powerful. The Fantastic Four? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Classics. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, you're right. We should use uh, existing D&D space tech to sort of flesh this out. Yeah. So yeah. I thought Sphere of Annihilation is probably a must. Oh. Little mobile black hole, perhaps the yeah. cause the ship crashed. Ooh. And I have designed a, uh, uh, what do I call it? Like a plasma cutter, a Vorpal wand that on Nat 20 decapitates because I okay. love that weapon in Dead Space if you've ever played it. Oh, oh. The aliens have a good physics system where you've got this little uh, adjustable uh, gun where you can turn it vertical or horizontal and just shoot slices. And so you can snip off their arms and legs and head as they run at you. It's very satisfying and also terrifying as they like down the hallway yeah. at you. And getting just a perfect shot zip, oh. down, the, down the hallway to <laughs> decapitate a, a horrible monstrosity is very nice. satisfying. And I think in space, having a head, not going to be that common if you're fighting space monsters. <laughs> so I don't think getting a, a level one decapitation gun is going to be that dangerous. Yeah. I think it plays in with the Pulp Fiction of space very well though. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was thinking of uh, doing something based on how it can fill balance and kind of um, playing into the, the, the wild space psionics connection. Yep. So I'm thinking it's going to be, uh, I'm kind of using mind players as a guide. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to give it a, a kind of a mind blast, uh, like attack, but instead of paralyzation, because I'm not going to give it brain extraction, I'm going to give it uh, confusion. Okay. That's the spell. That's good. Um, I like to see different things yeah. from psionics except mind blast stun that everything gets. Y yeah. And what I was also thinking is I'm going to give it more, a few more spells. Yep. Um, so I'm thinking maybe either sleep or hypnotic pattern. Just the alien spells. Actually, um, the ultraloth. The one that is already a gray with that yeah. head, I think yeah. it's got all those spells. So that okay. might be a good place. I, I might look at him yeah. too, because uh, there are certain things I want to do. Uh, given them, I'm going to definitely give it the ability to levitate and actually just move faster flying. The Ultraloth, I think if you look at its eyes, you get confused. Oh, okay. It's got like strobing. I want to do, I do want to do kind of like a, a psionic blast. Yeah, Because sure. I think that's really fun. It gives it a recharge. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, I like the idea of confusion rather than paralyzation. Um, a lot of things in space do paralyzation. Uh, one of the other things I, I'm going to do is a droid, and it has a, a paralyzer, um, essentially based off R2-D2. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be fun. Uh, I also had recently made something that was essentially like a construct, kind of based off the idea of RoboCop, where it could appear to be one of the peoples. <laughs> Yeah, but Robocop couldn't do that, could well, he? Yeah. It was, <laughs> You're yeah. thinking of the Terminator. Well, I was thinking of the Terminator, but I was, I, I was thinking like actually was wearing the skin of a person. No one's like, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Robocop. Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. But I like the idea. I guess it was the fact that Robocop had built-in weapons. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the Terminator. Unless you go to the T-1000, but that's just full shapeshifter. Yeah, that's plasmoid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's full, you know. I mean, that could be a fun monster to make. It's, but you're essentially doing a shapeshifter that has the ability to have, like, cutting... Super well, and long. it seems to regenerate 100 HP around yeah. or something. Like, it's... Um... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, D&D has had a living steel, which I, I wouldn't mind re-updating. Um, and that would actually have a spacey vibe. I might, might consider doing that as a third monster. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. I'll have to see what time it is. Yeah, we'll... I, I definitely can get the... The droid is basically done. Um, the... The space, uh, the space elf uh, now in Latin, so it would be like Stella and Dryalius. Nice, um, beautiful. Uh, I think I got it. everyone knows Latin is the language of space. Yes, yes. Uh, I think I've got that pretty, pretty well fleshed mentally. It's just trying to figure out how to make it work. Uh, I'm also thinking about giving it kind of as a nod to just silliness and. Uh, a laser finger, so it's going to have a melee spell attack. And then ET. Yep. Yeah, 
in, with a range of up to 10 feet. Okay. And it can just hit for radiant damage. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, radiant seems to be the go-to space damage. Yeah. All well, the, the astral space. elves get radiant oh, okay. cantrips and, or fairy fire, I think they've got. Yeah. Um, so I might do that. I was thinking more getting them... Pull, again, pulling from the idea of an alien, and one of the things is, if you have a hive mind alien, yeah, several sci-fis have played with the idea of a hive mind alien, not understanding that other races aren't hive minds as well, and therefore not realizing they're causing harm when they are. Sorry, the amount of episodes of Star Trek, they have to explain to a hive mind alien the concept of linear time. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. It's like every other episode. You'd think the, the timeless aliens would remember it or have some kind of shared database about literally every other species that inhabits the galaxy with us sees time in this way and they don't like it when we kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was thinking maybe doing something like that because uh, that could be fun and something that D&D has touched a lot of the concepts of alien races but they, and they, hell, they've even made Eclipse a uh, hive mind species but they really haven't touched on the idea of just the overly curious sure. other. The Ithalid are trying to take over the universe. The Niyogi are just trying asshole. to take over the universe. Yeah, and yeah. slavers. Well, they love yeah. slaves is their yeah. whole thing, yeah. which is not much of a personality. No, the Niyogi have never had much of one. They've got a good, really good aesthetic and um, skill set. Like, they're a great monster, but they've always been underserved by the lore. Well, the Mind Flayers got there too fast. Like, you don't like they're the best thing about every setting yeah. that's probably not true but i love them and yeah, yeah. well the, the i would argue that mind flayers also were done a disservice by being adapted early on because their their stat blocks even to a lesser extent the ultralith and the even the elder brain ultralith kicked your ass last week this is true this is true but their their stat blocks aren't really representative of what their lore says they should be yeah um the, the ultralith you know, has some. I think it's Ulitharid, but I call it Ultralith as yeah. well. Yeah, because that's my dyslexic brain sees that. I'm like, oh, Ultralith. <laughs> I, I don't have an excuse other than I hate the way it looks. <laughs> it's like Ultralith. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> mind Flayer more. Yeah. Really Mind Flayer. Mind Flayist. <laughs> yeah, well, at least they don't have rip, rippling abs and muscles like they used to have in some of the old art. I mean, they, they went from, like, you know, thin and alien severely ripped in sort of third edition and fourth edition and now they're back to noodly aliens again which i like yeah like what are they what are they doing third? they don't have bones I'm thinking that's maybe fourth yeah yeah fourth maybe yeah but the fifth edition uh stat blocks like it's like these are the masters of mental magics you caught detect them on a bad thought. day I think. <laughs> <laughs> it has detect thought at will we are done now oh yeah. minor illusion or something or like levitate yeah, that's it. Yeah, I can levitate things, and I can read your thoughts. I can cast detect thoughts. I also have telepathy. Yep. It's like, where's the button where they take over? A, yeah. A, you know, a, a, a one of them big bugs. I can't remember their name. Uh, Umberhawk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they used to have like they used to have the ability to you know charm monster, yep. dominate monster. So I'm thinking I'm going to pull, um, try to make it a little more of a spellcaster. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. I um, think I will also make a crusher because space. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll go away and work on that and yeah, yeah come back and run yeah. it. See how we go. Oh, do you want to talk about some of the other uh, things going on in, in the discourse? Like, uh, then do you want to weigh in on the, the nerfing of counterspell? 
No, okay. I don't. I cannot. Okay. <laughs> I cannot care. Okay. Leave it to yeah. There's a there's a mechanic. Homebrew. Speaking of other yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave it to homebrew. Speaking of mechanics from other games, uh, there is the the option in uh, Into the Woods and uh, the Quiet Year of hold a discussion. Is an action mm. a player can take, and everyone gets their one thing. No one's allowed to reply to anyone else. It ends after that, and that is the internet. Everyone gets their say, and it changes nothing. Yes. That is the this is, yeah. This is true. A discussion was, distilled down to its essence. I was also thinking you could talk about your. Uh, your adaptations that we tried on Counterspell where like, there's variance on what can occur. Yeah, well, I did also steal that from Dungeon Crawl Classics. I thought if Wizards of the Coast can do it, I can too. Fair enough. But, I, but it's all part of my um, my more, my more other magic system that I am working on because I haven't found a game that does it exactly like I want it, mm. uh, which is where anyone can cast anything and you roll to see how bad it goes for you, essentially. So that keeps Wizards in step with fighters while still making them predictable, unpredictable. I mean, magic is dangerous, magic is secret. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've been... I don't like... I like Vancian spells, but I don't like everything sort of detailed the way it is in, you know, RPGs where half the rulebook is just every spell. Here is every spell that there is. Yeah. I've been con uh, also considering trying to make a class that can use... Um, or, yeah, maybe not a class, but something where you have a hybrid arcane... Like, I've been thinking about maybe, like, a arcane paladin. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they have a completely different spell list. Yep. And they still have Smite. This would be something you'd have to take at first level. Well, they could have Eldritch Smite. It's sort of arcane. Yeah. Fits that. But I would have to have a, a milder risk. Oh, yeah. Where it goes, you know, essentially, you can put any elemental charge. So, you know, typical Smite is just radiant damage mm -hmm. equal to the level. Oh, you can choose everyone. But you have to roll uh, essentially a concentration check or something like that. Uh, and if you fail, there's a consequence. Okay. Uh, so make it you know kind of fun. People are down on these mechanics because it makes one class immediately weaker than other classes. If there's suddenly, you know, if the sorcerer suddenly got shot every time they count, or the warlock had to use blood, for instance, is one I commonly yeah. see. You know, they have to sacrifice D4 health to cast a spell instead well, of using spell um, slots, which would be interesting. But it, you know, it, their spells aren't strong enough. They're accessing the same spells as everyone else. You have to make new ones to counter the risk. This is my new system would be for a different game, basically. Yeah. Uh, and World of Dungeons does this a bit where they have magic. You can choose up to two spirits when you start, and they can be any elemental domain. You can doesn't even have to be elements. You can say, this is the spirit of secrets, and I'm yeah. going to use it to cast, to try and open this door. And you have to explain to the spirit in no uncertain terms what you want it to do, or it tries to kill you with, with your wording. So it makes magic, yeah, and you roll to see how well you do again. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I mean, there, there are a lot of things that I think are are, are fun. And, you know, the idea of creating a, a magic system, or even even taking something like D&D's magic system and then really altering it, hmm. really altering it is, is actually really fun. Um, yeah, this is it. People say, why make new mechanics? Because it's fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, I also find that D&D, &D, especially in the modern edition, and it's been something they've been pulling away, is they aren't willing to give something uh, powerful, like, oh, you want to be Billy Badass? You can be Billy Badass, but if you fuck up, yeah. there's a penalty. Yeah, you turn and, into a puddle of ooze on the floor. Yeah. But because, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're like, oh, but if I roll a one, if I roll a one when I cast my smite, I take the damage back. Like, yeah. That's, or I lose access to my ability to use that for a long period of time. Yeah, that's a big risk. It has to be balanced by it being a lot stronger than other yeah. things. To, yeah. You know, wild magic is that a bit, but yeah. it's almost overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. There's only one or two where you cast fireball on yourself. Yeah. The okay. rest are just funny. Yeah, I remember um, some of the, the second edition wild magic in particular was just 
eighty percent of it was nightmarish. Yeah, no, I remember this as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, oh no! <laughs> I'm gonna get a roll on the wild magic table to see if I get like you know it's like you roll this above this because I remember one of my friends actually did in second edition play a wild mage sorcerer um, or wild mage mage. Uh, there weren't sorcerers or wizards then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I remember uh, I only played second edition mainly through Boulder's Gate and one or two one-shots yeah. where I, I picked Wild Magic as soon as it showed up because yeah. that sounds awesome. Yeah. And then I had no idea what the hell was going on. No, but it was just like you, you could cast a spell and there was a chance, there was a small chance it would go really well. And then there was a small chance that you have to roll on the Wild Magic table, which is almost universally negative. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you watch them roll, and you know, 80% of the time when, when they cast a spell, it goes through normally. This is basically how I run D&D for kids and for people who want to get into it real fast but don't want to learn the rules. Is oh. I play this variant I've made called Fighter Thief Mage, uh, where every, it all fits on one page, and magic is just... Because everyone knows... if you, Everyone usually picks wizard, because yeah. they know what spells they want to do, and they know what wants to happen. Yeah. They don't need all the rules for all the spells. So I just simplified it to a D20 roll. Oh. That, that's not a bad call. I make the DC up in my head based on how complicated the spell is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that could be fun. And I, I saw this recently, um, you know, about how magic kind of switches. Like, it starts being very damaging, and that's its use. But as you get into higher levels, that damage stops mattering so much. And more effective is the walls and the mental stuns and the hypnosis and the teleporting, as we've seen in our games, is the utility spells are much, much, much better than any damage you could do. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, I don't know. I still love my I still love my DP. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but by the same token, like you do have a lot of things where you, you initially, if you're playing a sorcerer, you need to take MM. Yeah. You know, if you don't take magic missile, you're a moron. I mean, I'm not, not really. Because yeah. <laughs> um, somebody's gonna be like, actually, I played the most effective. And but yeah, you know, as we saw, like one of our bosses got teleported out of. <laughs> into nowhere yeah. just through a simple dimension door and that ended the fight yep we just had its little chimera buddy which wasn't we, I think set of half killed yeah well a, a chimera is not an appropriate enemy for that level it was just no. a pet it was a sidekick <laughs> yeah no no and in, in uh, my barbarian I think did half its life in one hit yes yeah barbarians I think still end up doing more than wizards uh, I have been consistently at least yeah. and they don't have to sleep <laughs> yeah, I was say, it, it's the consistency especially once you throw in the rage it, you do have to watch your rages but considering rage doesn't cause any ill effect berserker rage causes burnout causes exhaustion levels yeah. which can be annoying and mount up pretty quick yeah well I mean I, the berserker barbarian as far as I can tell um, is unplayable no it's, it's good it works really good yeah <laughs> really I read it as unplayable <laughs> this is uh, I think they did it in Critical Role. He uh, just had to watch his exhaustion meter. Yeah. But it gives you that boost if you need it, which is what we're talking about, that cost-benefit no, no, no. analysis. Yeah, but I just didn't think it was worth it. I mm. it, was too, it, it was too much of a risk, too frequent. And it was like, oh, Jesus. Like, mm. you know, the fact that it could run longer. Like, Sedo's Rage is very, has a lot of limited... Uh, I'm playing a totem. I feel like barbarian. the Zealot Barbarian is kind of a reimagining of the Berserker in that way, in that they can, can keep raging after they drop to zero. Okay. Yeah, okay. they stay up as long as their rage does. Ooh. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, isn't that cool? Like there are some cool things that can be done, and I think uh, I think one of the one of the complaints I've I've encountered online, and I don't think it's incorrect, um, is that a lot of the more recent subclasses are just better. Um, but I also think that a lot of people don't understand some of the base base classes, like people rail on the champion fighter 
I will defend that. It is baby's first character. Yeah. If you want to play proper 5e D&D, you want a basic one, you're, you've read through, but you're still getting your feel for the rules, you want to have some cool abilities, but you need to kind of have them you know, spell out when and where you use them, hmm. Champion Fight, it is a solid class, it plays well, you will be useful. Yes. Well, this is why I think Berserker as well, and, and like Sorcerer, even awesome. though they can get much more complicated, they are a much easier wizard, they're an easier bard, they're, yeah. I mean, I would argue. I, I'm sorry. I I will not play the five E wizard. It is just I, I don't like it. I, I I will play I will play sorcerers again because I do like playing my arcane class. Uh, there was character. this idea for a while that I think Monty Cook was a proponent of. Uh, he invented spell jams originally mm-hmm. uh, and planescape as well. I think he worked on, but that they are were supposed to be trap classes for new players to gate knowledge. Ooh, I don't like that. No, it's utterly I mean, terrible, but I see where he's coming from. Yeah. Like, the, the idea of, of baby's first classes, as yeah. you say, can be very useful and compelling. Right. Well, I mean, I think they're baby's, baby's first classes in, in 5e, I would argue, are uh, if somebody absolutely has to play a spellcaster, then they're a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Um, if None they, of that prepared crap. No, it's just, yeah, it's you pick just your fire spells and you go. You know, there aren't a lot of, you know, you have meta magic for when you get a little more comfortable. Yep. But at first, you can be confident and forget about your meta magic. Yeah. Uh, you can go, well, I'm saving my spell slots in case I need to turn them into spells. Yep. You know, like, that can be your excuse. I think wild magic as well uh, is especially appealing because it is more complicated, but the DM has to manage it, not you. Yeah. Uh, you get a lot of bang for your buck in that. Fair enough. Fair anyway, enough. let's make our characters. Yeah. I'm going to make some. You can make some too if you want. We'll see which ones we want to use. Yeah. I, I, might, I might give we've it got, a shot. We've got six. Six possible races here. We make three each. Yeah. And we'll see how we go. I, I, I can, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Oh, going out on this, and this is a thing, because you and I have also talked about doing some, some player stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually made a, a race uh, of raccoon folk. Oh, yes, of yes. I, of course I did. Raccoons are amazing. I remember um, this. No, I, ma- I did make some my own, but they they weren't very good. <laughs> you know, that mine, I don't know how it turned out as well as it did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was very proud of myself. But I've also been thinking about, um, and maybe this is something we could talk about, and this could actually be an episode, um, how would you make a subclass for the bard? I hate bards. Um, I've never played a bard, actually. Um, that's how, well, I've made some bards, but I've never really played a bard, which is probably the reason I hate bards. But I want to make a debuff bard. Okay. Because bards are always a buffer. And I, I think we need to also, the idea would be, this would be a subclass you would take at level one. I suspect College of Whispers does this, but I haven't read it, to be fair. Mm, I know okay. it's about rumors and negativity, but I'm not sure if that is reflected I, in their kind of... No, this is a cool idea. We should try I, and make some subclasses I, I, as well. Yeah. I, I want a dirge singer. Okay, a and funeral. I, yeah, yeah a, a person that is essentially debuffing the enemy, not trying to buff the party. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that can be an interesting thing. And I, I also think, we, you know, talking about maybe making some of these subclasses, the idea of an arcane paladin. Yep, arcane paladin. Well, what about space themed ones as well like or we'll get into psionics now which i don't want to well i mean i also have that fencer fencer class class Hmm. yeah um, i remember this yeah it it could use a little more 
I did like this idea of a like a Princess Bride style fight where I see you've used Cabalt and I find that cancels out Papa Pharaoh only if you haven't studied your Agrippa, haha, and it goes back and forth and back and forth, like essentially using your reactions and superiority dice to yeah. change styles and uh, to simulate a proper sword fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, that is one of the things that. Uh, you know the the battle master uh, tends to do is essentially to yeah play. you could just put more maneuvers on there yeah. basically yeah. yeah I mean it's a but by the same token th- there are a lot of things that I feel like D&D has covered a lot of the classes really well but I also think there are a lot of things that can be done and can be done better okay and um, well let's give it a shot then yeah, yeah. we'll I wrap mean, up there and leave it for now and yeah. get back on this next time sounds, on sounds good the show that we do on Dungeonomicon I couldn't remember it's, the name for a second and, and as we always say um in space shower no one can help (laughs) the end yeah no one can help the end yeah this is not good